bow down Here I am to say That you're my God Oh, you're all together lovely All together worthy You're all together wonderful to me Oh, hallelujah, isn't he wonderful? Why don't we praise him this morning with our hands? Glory to God. We praise you, Lord Jesus. We invite your presence in this place this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Do you love him? Amen. I trust you came with your hearts prepared to worship today. Amen. God loves it when you praise him with all your heart. Amen. Why don't we do that this morning? Why don't we just lift up a hallelujah to him? If you would sing this song with me, You Are God Alone. You are God alone, and from before time began, oh, you were on your throne. You were God alone, right now. In the good times and bad, oh, oh, you're God alone. Sing that again now. And you are God Oh Oh You were on your throne You were God alone And right now And right now In the good times and bad Oh You were on your throne are God alone. Sing that first verse now. Well, you're the God created by human hand, and you are not a God dependent on any mortal man. You are not a God in need of anything by your plan that's just the way it is oh you were God alone and from before time began you were on your throne you were God alone and right now in the good times and bad God whose power none can contend You're the only God whose name and praise will never end You're the only God who's worthy of everything we can give You are God and that's just the way it is you are God alone before time began. You were on your throne. You were God alone. And right now, in the good times and bad, oh, you were on your throne. 
God, Lord, you're unchangeable. You're unchangeable. Come on now. You're unshakable. You're unstoppable. That's who you are. Sing that again now. Oh, you're unchangeable. You're unshakable. Oh, unstoppable. That's who you are. And you are God alone. From before time began, oh, you're on your throne. You're God alone, and right now, and right now, in the good times and bad, oh, you're on your throne. Oh, you're God alone. You're unchangeable. You're unchangeable. Come on now. You're unshakable. You're unstoppable. Oh, that's who you are again now. Oh, you're unchangeable. Oh, you're unshakable. You're unstoppable. That's who you are, and you are God alone, for time begin, that's right church, you are on your throne, oh Jesus, you are God alone, oh and right now, right now, oh in the good times and the bad, you know you are on your throne. God alone, and right now, oh, and right now, in the good times and the bad, don't you know, Jesus, oh, you are God alone, oh, you are God alone, praise Him with your hands, always worthy, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's sing that song. You deserve the glory. You deserve the glory. And the honor. Come on, sing now. Lord, we lift our hands in worship. As we bless your holy name. You deserve the glory. Come on, give him glory. And the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship. As we lift your holy name. For you are great. You do miracles so. There is no one else like you, oh my Jesus. There is no one else like you, for you are great. You do miracles, no one like you, Jesus. Oh, 
There is no one. There is no one else like you. You want to know why? Because he deserves the glory. Glory. Oh, and the honor. That's right. Oh, Lord, we're going to lift our hands in worship. As we bless your holy name, oh, you deserve the glory and the honor, yes, Lord. We lift our hands in worship as we bless your holy name, for you are great. There is no one like you, Jesus. Oh, there's no one like you, Lord. There is no one else like you. Oh, you are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one like you, Lord. Come on, sing it, church. There is no one else like for you are great. Oh, for you are great. Oh, you do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. Hallelujah. But there is no one else like you, for you are great, you do miracles, no one like you, Jesus, oh my Lord, but there is no one else like you. you Lord Jesus. Amen. Isn't he lovely? Amen. Sounds so wonderful when you praise and worship in that may in that way. Amen. We're going to take our special needs to the Lord at this time. Man, I have a whole list here of of people that are that are not feeling well, that are not at the church at this time. Amen. So we're going to make mention of them for you so that you can be praying for them. Amen. Uh, we'd like for you to remember the Paschal family in prayer. They're not with us today. Amen. Remember the Clayville family. Uh, they're not feeling well. I think Brother Jeremy is ill. You can remember that family in prayer that God would just touch them, deliver them from that. Amen. We want to remember <clears throat> Brother Lucas Coffee. He's also not feeling well. Amen. The McCafferty family is not with us at this time. So we want to remember them in prayer. Amen. I've heard that Sister Karen Buchanan fell. Amen. I don't know what the extent of that injury is, but we want to remember her in prayer. Uh, I want to remember Jesse Cockman and her family. They are not with us at this time. So if you could remember them also in prayer. Uh, Please remember my Aunt Sherry in prayer. She's 
gone through a very good, difficult time. We've also had a, a death in the family uh, on my uh, Aunt Sherry's side of the family. Her name is Karen, and uh, she was just a very dear person, and it's just a hard time right now for the family. If you'd remember them in your prayers in their time of grief. Amen. If you would remember Brother Johnny and Sister Doris Reynolds, uh, they're also not with us. And uh, I heard Brother Aaron Ningamaza is ministering up at uh, Brother Steve's church in Virginia. And so I know that they're in store for a blessing up there. Amen. We just really appreciate Brother Aaron and his ministry here at this church. And he's just like a, he's like a secret weapon that we've got here. Ain't that right? <laughs> I appreciate Brother Aaron. Amen. Let's... Uh, I also have two uh, very special unspoken requests um, on this list here. So we'll just want to be praying that God God knows that need. Amen. Though it may be unspoken, God knows it. Amen. And I'm thankful for that. Amen. I also have uh, Brother Ron Knobloch put a request in here. says to please keep my family in prayer. Uh, he had a cousin pass away last night. And so let's remember him in prayer. They also had a death in the family. Amen. Do you have unspoken prayer requests, amen, on your hearts? Brother Samuel, would you come at this time to take these needs to the Lord for us, brother? Amen. You just hold those needs on your heart, and I know that God will answer your prayers. Amen. Bow our heads. Heavenly Father and Lord, we just... Take these needs before you, Lord. Just ask that you take them under your perfect will, Lord. Just heal each and every one of them. Just ask everyone that came today, Lord, just a, a special blessing on all of us, Lord. That Our pastor, Lord, the word that he has for us today, that it may be received with open hearts, Lord. We just love you with all our hearts, Lord, and the grace and mercy, Lord, that you've provided and given us to given to us in our life, Lord. We could be so many other places this morning, Lord, but you preordained for us to be here this morning, Lord, and that means something to us, Lord. We're your bride, the bride of Jesus Christ, Lord, and we are here to receive your word and hear who we are today, Lord. And we love you with all our hearts, Lord, and Ask that you bless the service and the musicians, Lord, and everyone that came, Lord. These requests, Lord, and all the unspoken, Lord, just ask that you just take care of each need. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Thank you, Brother Samuel. Amen. You can have your seats. Don't mean to keep you standing too long. Amen. We do have a special this morning from Sister Lily. Uh, we're going to sing a couple songs just before she comes up and we're just going to continue in that mode of worship let's bring it over to the key of c hear my prayer O lord hear, is that right brother f hear my prayer O lord from the ends of the earth i cry and your will lead me to the rock that is higher than I oh hear my prayer oh Lord for 
From the ends of the earth I cry And your peace will lead me to The rock that is higher than I For you've been my strength In times of trouble A tower above my head of me And Lord, I will abide with you forever In the shelter of your wings Oh, for you have been my strength In times of trouble A tower above my enemies And Lord, I will abide with you forever in the shelter of your wings. Hear my prayer. Hear my prayer, O Lord. From the ends of the earth I cry and your peace will the rock that is higher than I You thankful for that? Oh, hear my prayer, O oh Lord From the ends of the earth I cry Your peace will lead me to the rock that is higher than I hope you have been my strength in times of trouble. A tower above my head of me. Lord, I will abide with you forever in the shelter of my strength in times of trouble and the tower above my enemies and Lord I will abide with you forever in the shelter of your wings oh and Lord I will abide with you Forever in the shelter of your wings. Amen. Are you thankful you can shelter under the wings of Jehovah? Amen. Hallelujah. Sister Lily has a special for us this morning. Troubles will lay at your door 
this world And though I've been wounded before Lord, you are the refuge where I can go When I find the life I built Was built on sinking sand When the waves overturn My dreams and my plans I could spend all my time Thinking where did I go wrong Or I could run To find the solid rock Where I belong It's harder to stand alone When everyone has left you And you're on your own Know there is somewhere you can turn He'll never leave you broken or without sinking sand when the waves overturn my dreams and my plans I could spend all my time thinking where did I go wrong or I could run to find the solid rock where I saints. Amen. Let's stand. I'm going to ask our deacons if they would come forward at this time. We're going to take up our morning offering. 
I'd like to sing that song, In Christ Alone My Hope Is Found. Brother Jeff, lead us in prayer, please. Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest trial and storm. What heights of love, what depths of are still when striving cease my comforter my all and all here in the love of Christ I stand in Christ alone who to confess of God in helpless faith, this gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones He came to save. Think about it now. Till on that cross, as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. For every sin on Him was laid. Here in the death of Christ, I live. There in the ground, His body lay. Light of the world by darkness lay. Oh, in glorious day, up from the grave he rose again. And as he stands in victory, sin's curse has lost its grip on me. For I am his, I'm glad of this, he is mine. Oh, bought with the precious blood of Christ. No guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first to final breath. Oh, Jesus commands my destiny, and no power of hell, no scheme of man could ever blow me from his hand till he returns and calls me home here in the power of Christ. I stand in 
Christ alone, in Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song, this cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace When still, oh, and striving cease My comforter, my all in all Here in the love of Christ I sing it like this now in Christ alone In Christ alone I place my trust and find my glory in the power of the cross. And let it be said of me, my source of strength, my source of hope is Christ Christ alone, in Christ alone, I place my trust and find my glory in the power of the cross. In every, oh, let it be said of me, my source of As our pastor comes this morning, let's just keep that spirit of worship in our heart as we get ready for the word and sing that. I sing praises to his name. I sing praises to your name. Oh, Lord, Brother Barry. To your name. Great and greatly to be praised. I sing praises to your name, O oh Lord. Praises to your name, O oh Lord, for your name is great and Praise, sing it again now. Yes, I sing praises to your name. Oh Lord, praises to your name. Oh Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. I sing praises to your name. Oh Lord, praises to your name. Oh Lord, 
Oh, let's lift our hands and sing it again to him. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Lord Jesus. I sing praises to your name. Oh, Lord, praises to your name. Oh, Lord, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. I sing time. Sounds so lovely. Thank you, Jesus. Just offer it to him now. I sing praises to your name. Oh, Father, we give thanks to you, Lord, in your wonderful name for all your many blessings, Lord, as we just ponder and think about how good you are and how gracious you've been to us, and how patient and loving you must be. Lord, we commit the day now into your hands, and Lord, it's already been good for us to be in your house, singing your praises, and Lord, just delighting in your presence. And now today, I pray that you would just minister, Lord, to the many that have been mentioned already, and Father, we pray that your healing virtue would flow in this place today, that, Lord, you would just be uh, pleased, Lord, to move from heart to heart and from life to life, and that, Lord, you would visit us in your own special and personal way. We give you praise and honor and glory, and we, we give you, Lord, the, the, the honor that you deserve today. We reserve this moment now for you and ask, Lord, that you would just come and just be very real to us. Break the bread of life. We lift our cups to you, Lord. And, and I, I just ask, oh God, that you would just visit us in a special way. We ask all of these things, not, Lord, for any other reason but for your glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. While you're standing today, if you don't mind, let's take your Bibles and let's go right to the Word this morning. We're going to go to Isaiah chapter 30. Isaiah, the 30th chapter. Thank you, musicians. We certainly appreciate their contribution this morning and uh, appreciate them very much. Isaiah chapter 30, and uh, let's have a reading here this morning. Now, we're going to title this, the subject is worship, and we're going to talk about the approach to war in God's army. And uh, this is going to be just a little bit different. Isaiah chapter 30, and we're going to read two verses here. 
right towards the end of the chapter. And this may seem like an odd and unusual text here for the subject of worship, but Lord willing, we'll come down to it. For through the voice of the Lord shall the Assyrian, the enemy, be beaten down, which smote with a rod. And in every place where the grounded staff shall pass, which the Lord shall lay upon him, it shall be with tabrets and harps. And in battles of shaking will he fight with it. May the Lord add his blessing. You may be seated. Well, we greet all of you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. But I'd like to especially welcome back the Ivies uh, today. Good to have them uh, back with us uh, today. And uh, appreciate them and the Pritchards and uh, those that have not been here a little while. Sister Tracy Rabin, God bless you. Uh, Good to have Sister Grace and Sister Madeline uh, back here today and the males and uh, I, I need to correct the fact that uh, we mentioned that Jesse and her family, Jesse Cockman and her family were away. They're not all away, but David's right back there. And we appreciate you, Brother David. And uh, we certainly miss the family, but we're, we're glad to have you uh, with us today. Good to have the Florians uh, with us today as well. May God bless them. And uh, we want to especially welcome this morning our brother Tim Ashong, all the way from Ghana. Africa here today. Brother Tim, raise your hand. God bless you. Great to have Brother Tim with us. Brother Tim is a well-respected minister worldwide, and uh, he's over here, and uh, his original plan was to be visiting some churches. We're trusting that the Lord will touch his body. Matter of fact, I'd like Brother Tim, uh, as we go through a service today, that uh, we'd like to be able to pray for you and, and with you today. And uh, lay hands upon you and trust that the Lord will do a supernatural work in your body. And uh, because we know he's the God who heals all of our diseases. And uh, Brother Tim has been struggling with an issue. And uh, Lord willing, going to be receiving some help over here. But the very best thing we can do at, at the first, at the first, at the outset, is to commit him into God's hands. And just uh, give the whole situation uh, to him. Um, just a couple of very brief things, and I want you to hold your uh, spirit of worship with me this morning because we're going to need it uh, as we go through this this morning. But just a couple of brief, uh, a few brief uh, items that I want to just uh, mention to you this morning. Birthdays and anniversaries. Yesterday was uh, John Anthony Harwell's birthday. They're not here today. Uh, we miss them. July 16th, also yesterday, was Richard and Mary Smith's 45th. And uh, <clears throat> we wish them all the best. They're listening this morning. Uh, Sister Mary has gone through a, a couple of more injections just for the pain that she's been experiencing, and they really appreciate our prayers and our, uh, our love expressed to them. Brindley Hughes uh, has her birthday. She's not here, right? She is here. How old is Brindley? Seven. Seven years old and proud of it. Sister Jessica Pugh, birthday. Don't worry, sister, don't worry. July 18th, uh, Sister Sheba Javed's birthday. And uh, we wish Sister Sheba all the very best. They're listening today as well. July 21st is Titus Mayle's birthday, right? How old are you going to be, Titus? Eight years old. God bless you. Good to have Titus with us today. And July 22nd is uh, the Whitlock's anniversary. And uh, we appreciate the Whitlocks. They're here. They're in hiding, but they're here. 
and uh, we appreciate them very much. And also David and Jesse's uh, anniversary as well, right? How many years, David? 22 years. Wonderful. God bless you both. Now, over the last uh, week, we have sent Brother Precious from Malawi over to uh, Zambia, and this was a special trip that was planned. Uh, They took the truck uh, and uh, loaded it up with all kinds of materials, and we did not know this in the beginning. I just have two screens here for you, but we didn't know at the beginning that the people over in uh, in, in Zambia, which is a bordering country of Malawi, speak Chichewa, which is the language of Malawi. And we had printed for uh, the country of Malawi in their language, and uh, the people over on the other side of the border in Zambia, they said, hey, that's our language. You know, we'd like to have uh, books over there. So uh, they took some of the 600,000 books that were sent over there and brought over uh, the truckload. And you see them with They've got books in English. They've got books in Chichewa. They've got pictures uh, of the cloud and the pillar of fire. They've never had these before, and uh, they're very excited. Now, we're going to post on our website uh, real soon, probably tomorrow. Uh, we'll have up there a couple of testimonies, which are given by two ministers, and uh, they were saying that they had prayed for years and years uh, that this would happen, that they would have an abundance of rain, what they call it, uh, an abundance of material. And they were just so excited and so uh, blessed to see that truck roll in and have so much material and uh, be able to distribute it among all these churches. And so Brother Precious and his group were very well received. They were uh, very blessed at the response of the people there. And uh, it's just uh, just really been a thrill to them. This is uh, six new uh, booklets that have been printed in the uh, Bemba language for the people in the northeastern side of uh, Zambia. And uh, these are now uh, just about on the dock in, in China and the printers over there. And they're going to be going over to, uh, over to Zambia as well. So they're really excited about uh, getting all this material, and uh, the the uh, you have to uh, have to kind of appreciate. And uh, even if I showed you the map, you really wouldn't be able to uh, grasp how big a country Zambia actually is. It's it's enormous, and uh, there are believers that are scattered all over the place there. And so transportation and getting stuff materials around to those people is really quite difficult. It's quite a challenge. But now that we have this truck, they're able to load it up and take it. Uh, with a crew in, into these areas and let the brothers know in advance so they come together and they can make like five or six stops and probably hit a hundred churches in those five or six stops and uh, have the ministers come. So let me tell you, they're, uh, they're excited about uh, this development and uh, they're, uh, they're very thankful. Uh, their responses and their testimonies are really great. So we'll have some more uh, stuff up on the website. I sent a few out last night. I sent uh, just got a couple of pictures here for you, but uh, there's uh, some other stuff that will be going up there. Last thing I want to say is that the men's meeting uh, link is going, going, almost gone. Uh, so if, you're, uh, if you have not registered, uh, you need to come waving your cash to us. and, and Not really, but you need to come and uh, we, we'll... Uh, we're, we're trying to do everything we can to get our HBT folks in there, and then we're going to open this up later today, Lord willing, to uh, the general public. Our, our issue is that we don't have a uh, great number of seats because they changed the policy there at the facility, and uh, we're just trying to make sure we get everybody in who wants to register. So that will be open later on uh, today.
All right, let's just jump right into this, and I want you to hold your, uh, hold your thoughts there today. This is not going to be a, uh, a, a deep, uh, deep teaching or anything like that. I just felt this very strongly in my heart uh, to come today and talk about this subject. And uh, it's not necessarily about the right, right or wrong type of music that we should listen to or use in our church or whatever else. That's not the, that's not the, the bent today. But it's more really about the purpose of worship and the importance of it and what it means to God and uh, really uh, understanding or studying a little bit about uh, what it is that ignites God's passion when it comes to worship and what it is that pleases God about it. And uh, so I just began to think about this, and this has become a subject around the, the country. Uh, and so I wanted to just deal with, us, uh, with it in uh, my own way, so I trust it will be a blessing to you. And really what I want to do is show you a principle. I'm not sure why this is not working here, but I wanted to show you a principle, and, uh, which we find in our text there, and then we want to apply it, okay, in a couple of places here. So Brother Branham says it like this. He says, now we're going to use this like a Sunday school lesson, and it's not directed to anything or any certain person or anything, but he said just to the church, to the body of Christ, that we're trying to lead to deeper thoughts and higher objectives, believing that the coming of the Lord Jesus is at hand. Now that's what he said in the beginning of that uh, service, an invisible union, which was a, a really important and a wonderful service at the very end of his ministry. And so he wanted to, you know, present this principle and talk about it, and that sermon certainly was a great blessing. But I wanted to do the same thing today. I wanted to uh, speak about this little subject here uh, in in a way that will help us to uh, move a little higher and perhaps be a little bit freer, because I would like to say that at the outset that I think that worship, uh, as I understand it in the Bible, really is a, a deeply personal expression of our love to Christ. And I think it is absolutely ridiculous and ludicrous for someone to suggest that they can, they should tell me how I should express my love to Christ. I mean, that's ridiculous, really, when you think about it. That's a, that's a deeply personal thing. And I feel no pressure to be like anybody else in my own worship to, to Christ. I think it's a really deeply personal thing. And, uh, I think that's an important thing to start with. Now, uh, worship, by definition, uh, is, is uh, spoken this way. It, is, it, it literally means to kiss the hand in token of reverence, uh, hence among the Orientals. And, and remember now, this is an Eastern book, and Brother Branham uh, explains that to us. We, in the Western culture, we take uh, different meanings sometimes from a, an Eastern book. And so in the, in the uh, Bible culture, if you like, in that part of the world... Uh, and this definition says, in, especially the Persians, to fall upon the knees and touch the ground with the forehead as an expression of profound reverence. Now, you, I, I don't know if you remember back uh, in the day when George W. Bush visited the Middle East. And he went to either Iran or Iraq. I don't remember which country it was. Uh, but he held a press conference there. And in the press conference, uh, they showed him one of the most disrespectful signs uh, or a sign of disrespect to him when at the press conference somebody took their shoe off and threw it at the president. I don't know if you remember that. Brother Andy remembers here. Uh, And and it was considered an absolute uh, outrage among the, the people in that country there because that is the highest form 
of insult that you can give to somebody in that part of the world. And, I mean, it, it was a big issue here because somebody threw a shoe at the president. Uh, but it was a much bigger issue in that culture because uh, bowing to somebody and, and uh, even touching their feet or uh, bowing before somebody is a really big symbol of respect or disrespect in that part of the world. Now, we have a picture uh, of uh, Sister Sheba. When, when they moved to the United States here, and they came over uh, the first day, and we documented that pretty closely. We took lots of pictures when they came, got off the plane, and they had finally arrived after uh, his, their lives were almost taken in the fire and the attack that they had over there in Pakistan. And they arrived over here at Charlotte late one night. And as soon as they got here, uh, Sister Sheba, just out of respect and, and out of uh, sincere uh, respect for me, when she came up to me and I was going to shake their hands, she, she dropped to her knees and touched my shoe. And it, it was, uh, I've, I've had that done before in the Persian culture, and it is one of the highest signs of respect that you can show a person. And it, it's kind of a shock when somebody does it to you because, and some of you are looking at me saying, really? Did that really happen? And it really did. And, and I didn't stop her because it was her way of expressing deep respect uh, to me for what had been done in getting them over here and so forth, which was not just me. It was us and, and many others who were involved as well. But uh, the, the, this idea of bowing down is a really significant thing when it comes to the meaning of the word worship. In the New Testament, by kneeling or prostrating to do homage, to make obeisance, whether in order to express respect or to make supplication. So sometimes when in the Bible you read a story how somebody came to the master and fell at his feet, uh, that happens very often. That is a sign, it's a, it's a symbol of worship in that, in that part of the world and uh, in Bible times. That's the way it was. And, and obviously today uh, it's still done. Another quotation. Uh, Christ is identified the same in 1964. Brother Bram said, God, like in the beginning, he was just God. Well, he wasn't even really God. He was just the eternal. Because our English word God means an object of worship. So if God was self-existent, there was a time when he wasn't actually God because there was nobody around to worship him. He only became God when he had worshipers. Now we've got to remember, this is something that God doesn't do. You'll never find anywhere where God worships. We are the ones who worship God. And so he could not be God until he had people who were worshipers of him. And uh, there was nothing to worship him. He was self-existent Elohim. So there was nothing to worship him. He was just a great eternal. And uh, Brother Bannum, of course, explains that in lots of different places. Now, immediately when I use the word worship and praise, uh, we, we kind of, in our culture today, we put those two words together and we immediately think of this. It becomes a genre of music. It's become an item on your playlist, on your phone, right? We got our uh, country, and we got our, I know you don't, and we got our, uh, you know, our classical, and we have our praise and worship, and it, it's, it's, a, it's a genre, right? I mean, that's kind of what we turned it into. Now, I, I would just say this, that, uh, and, and I don't want to dwell on this whole part of it here, but uh, I think that many times the trap can be that we, uh, we begin to worship the worship. And we've lost track of the whole purpose of worship. You've got to be careful that you don't begin to worship the worship. Because there's a lot of people in the world who worship the worshipers. And that's a trap. 
Uh, and it's almost like, you know, it's, it's the, the feel good, uh, and you're drawn into it and, you know, everybody sways and, uh, well, I better stop because I, I that's not my, <laughs> that's not my point. It, it's, it's, it's a big deal today though. I mean, it, it, it is certainly, uh, big stuff, uh, in our world today. But I, I would like to just say this that I, I want to step away from this idea here today. Uh, just to ask you another question about worship. Now, Brother Branham makes this statement here in Earnestly Contending for the Faith in 1953. And this was something that Brother Branham dealt with quite uh, profoundly in his ministry. And when I say profoundly, uh, he thought about it a lot. He was faced with a lot of different issues in relation to worship. Uh, and he, he experienced lots of different types of worship. And he spoke about it a lot. And then he said, after he, Cain got his sacrifice, his altar, his church, everything ready. It was beautiful, probably a lot more beautiful than Abel's was, because really, Abel's uh, church was a rock. I mean, now we'd say that's not bad, right, Uh, to have a church built upon a rock. But back in that day, when you looked at Cain's offering and his altar, and you looked at Abel's altar, uh, they were quite differently quite different aesthetically, right? I mean, one was full of flowers and vegetables and fruits and really looked really nice. And uh, it looked like one of our tables at the church dinner. And the other one over here is just a rock. Now, Brother Bantam says, but God doesn't dwell in beauty made by hands. The beauty of holiness is where God dwells in. Where the power of the Holy Spirit. The beauty of holiness is where God dwells. I'd like to kind of take that as a theme today because uh, if that's true, then can we also say that this would be praise and worship? Would that be all right? That's to me now, that's no less praise and worship than the first one I showed you. Right? I mean... You gotta, you gotta, uh, you gotta, you'd have to agree that when these folks got together, and they probably didn't have chairs on the table like that, but when they got together and gave thanks to God for having survived the winter, and, uh, you know, they were thankful for the bounty, and the, and the Indians came and joined in and brought the food that they had, and they had plenty, and they had, uh, you know, success in their planting and their harvesting and so forth, uh, they must have been pretty thankful to God that, Lord, we, we, we realize that we're alive today because of your grace and your protection over us and for allowing the earth to provide for us. They must have been pretty thankful. I believe they prayed pretty sincerely during that time. Would you agree? I, 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 I'm just asking, I, I think this is, would you agree that this is equally as important when it comes to praise and worship as any other period of time? Or how about this? This is Billy Sunday's meeting, Tent Revival. And uh, I, I thought it was interesting that he has only believe as a scripture uh, verse on top of his platform over there. Billy Sunday traveled with a team of carpenters. And uh, when they came to a town, instead of erecting a tent, a lot of times they would build, uh, build structures. They would build wooden structures. Now, this is actually in the tent. But they would come and uh, build a, a platform, an altar for him. And, and uh, it was a makeshift thing. And they would use that for the meetings. Always when Billy Sunday had his carpenters build a platform, they had a trap door built into it right next to the pulpit. And uh, they would... Uh, they would uh, have a lever or some kind of an attachment associated to it so that at the end of the service, uh, people who wanted to accept Christ, they could come up and shake hands with the preacher. And Billy Sunday would stand on a trap door and they would drop down. He would drop down so he'd be at the right height for the people, not up here, but down here. He'd he'd go down through the the trap door and he'd be on the same level with people and he could shake their hands. So many times you hear Brother Branham say, you know, it's not just shaking hands with the preacher, with the minister. 
That's where that was from, from Billy, Billy Sunday's era. But let me tell you, those people, uh, many of them came for revival. They came out of sincerity. They came because they loved God. Uh, they came because they wanted to hear from God. Is that no less worship than what we saw on the first screen? Here's another Billy Sunday meeting right here. Uh, it's Mother's Day, and they're actually waving uh, prayer cloths that they got and handkerchiefs that they got uh, in order to, to give honor to mothers here. Let me ask you this. Let's have some sound here. Is this any less worship? You gotta listen to this. Since built them a church. Uh, this is all tar paper and plastic, and that's why he's standing in the water there. Would you say that's any less praise and worship than. Oh, I mean, uh, to me, boy, I, that's all right. If I could, if I could afford it, I'd bring all those people over here. Because they would, uh, let me tell you, I'd just love to hear them sing here in the church with you. Can I ask you another question? Here's, would, would this be any less worship? Now, these people are only singing the word amen. That's all they're doing. you got to listen to this. I love this. at all. It doesn't need to be complicated. I love this. I, I photographed it. I, now, I don't think I had the phone, okay, because this is one of those little video clips that goes like this and turns like this, so sorry. But uh, I, want, I, I, I don't know who videoed it, but it was when I was in Tanzania, and uh, she's got a stick with a can on it and some stones in the can, so that's what she's playing. ask you a question. Do you think God would inhabit the praises of that place? There was a dozen people in that room that day. There was just about 12 people in that room and I preached to them 
This was the birthplace of Brother Zephaniah Peters. And uh, we, we went there and held a service. And these are the local people who were part of that church and came there. That was the only instrument in the church was that stick that had a can on it. And she had some uh, rocks in there. And uh, she played that and played that every, every service, played it for every song. And it was just a, a real blessing. The Bible says in Psalm 22, verse 3, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Now, that word inhabit in the Hebrew, it simply means to sit down. It means that, uh, you know, you can pull in to this. In another version of the Bible, it means, uh, it means this. Yet, yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. So it's, it, the idea is like this, that when Israel came into worship to God, when they came into worship God and they came into the temple to celebrate the presence of God and all that God had done for them, like whether it was Solomon's temple being dedicated or whether they won a battle, uh, they, they, they believed that, uh, God came and just sat right in the middle of those praises and just sat there and enjoyed it. And that was, that's the, that's the meaning of that expression in the Hebrew language there. And I thought that was so lovely. And I, 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 you know, the way I, the way I look at it today, I would think what a wonderful blessing it would be if, if we singing and worshiping in our own way. And this is not to say that this is more right than ours or better than ours or, uh, whatever. That's not the point at all. It's just that these ways are different. They're different in all different parts of the world. And there's no uniformity. God doesn't say in the Bible, you shall worship this way, or you shall sing these type of songs, or you shall use these kind of instruments, uh, you know, consistently, uh, because God gives a variety of instruments that uh, the people in the Old Testament could use there. But I would believe, I would like to believe that whatever way we sang and we worship, that God would be pleased to come and sit right in the middle of the congregation and just enjoy it and say thank you and delight in that and be happy with that. Because that's what, that's, that's one thing that we exclusively can give to Him that God can give to us, but that we can worship Him and we can, uh, we can enthrone Him. We can, we can make a welcome place for Him to come and sit. I would like to feel like that every time we got together, He would be welcome to come and sit in our midst and just enjoy people enjoying God. I, I, I would think that that would be a wonderful thing because, uh, you know, it, it's a, it's just a blessing to be able to, uh, worship God freely and in your own way and in your own expression. I think that's a wonderful thing to be able to do and what a great privilege it is. Now, uh, I, let's, let's take this, uh, statement. Brother Branham says, now God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And the very word God means object to worship, like he says, he repeats this, this principle over and over again. So God likes to be worshipped by His children that we can be free and not bound in yokes. God likes to be worshipped by His children that we can be free and not bound in yokes. And we can exercise our faith in Him and believe it and not be ashamed to tell the world about it. That Jesus Christ raised from the dead and lives and reigns where? In our hearts. And we're not ashamed of it. And it doesn't make our face red to testify of the glory of Jesus Christ. I was raised in the Catholic Church, as you know, and when I went into a message church for the first time, I could not get over it. I mean, I was shocked by the uh, the, the passion with which people sang. And they never sang but a songbook. 
Nobody sang but a songbook in that, in that little church that I came into the very first time. And they just sang from their hearts and they sang with their eyes closed and their hands raised. I'd never seen that in my life. I'd never experienced that. And, uh, you know, I was so impressed with how uh, passionately they sang. And they were just simple, a simple group of people, maybe 40 or 50 people who were in the church there. And they, they had an organ. It was the only uh, instrument they had. And uh, they just sang from the bottom of their heart. And I'll tell you what, I just, you know, you just felt like you had moved into another world. Uh, when you when you sat among them, it was just wonderful, and I believe it was because they were not ashamed to testify of their love for God and to express their love for God, and really that's what worship is, and doing it without any yokes or being bound or uh, everything practiced and choreographed so tightly that uh, nobody's nobody's got the freedom to be able to uh, lift their hands or uh, be able to move around and to be able to sing in the spirit. Brother Bam said that it requires two things, and that is truth and spirit for us to really worship God. And it should not make our face red to testify of the glory of Jesus Christ. Now, uh, here's a, uh, there are things that God delights in. As we said, he delights in the praises of his people. He delighteth not in the strength of the horse, and he taketh not pleasure in the legs of a man, the strength of a man, as we've spoken on before. And the Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him, and in those that hope in his mercy. I said, the Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him. People that respect God, God appreciates that. He takes pleasure in people that respect Him. He takes pleasure in when people respect His house. He takes pleasure when people respect His servants. He takes pleasure when uh, we respect the Bible. I, I believe that He takes He takes great pleasure uh, when we obey His word and we uh, we make uh, His word and His commandments our absolute. I believe that God delights in that. When we have lots of choices and we have lots of information and we have lots of resources, but yet God looks down in this world and sees a people who say, it doesn't matter what anybody else says, his word is our absolute. I believe that God delights in that. And those that hope in his mercy. Now, Brother Branham says, here's my interpretation of him about being the water, the waters of life. He said, he is the inexhaustible fountain of life. How many believe that? You'll never ask him too much. You can never believe him for too great a thing. He delights in you believing him for great things. You can never overdo it. He delights in you believing him for great things. So when you take God's promise and you embrace that and you begin to thank God for that promise, even before it happens, he delights in you believing him for great things. Hold on to that, folks. He delights in you believing him for great things. If God has promised it, then we can believe in it with all of our hearts and you can never overdo it with God. Oh, you got quiet on me here. All right, let's, let's, let's take this now and I want you to just stay with me here as we look at this principle. Now, um, and, and I'm going to jump ahead here a minute because I want you to, uh, I want you to uh, follow me here. In the message called Elijah, he said, if you people around here, uh, want an old fashioned pouring down rain, Talking about revival. If you people around here, he says, want this. And he's not at his own church here. He's in another place. But he's saying, if you people around here want to have an old-fashioned pouring down of the rain, an outpouring of the rain. How many would like to have an old-fashioned outpouring of the Holy Spirit? Tell you, I would. Uh, he, he says, and, and here's how, here's the instructions, all right? Here's the recipe. You just get down on your knees and all of you around here start calling out to God with a sincere heart. And he says, burn up everything in your house and take the beer bottles out of the icebox and throw the deck of cards away and take the children off to Sunday school 
take the children and take off to Sunday school next and stay in prayer instead of running out, running around, gadding about the way you do. And he says, get on your knees and start praying and God will send you a rain. He says, you got to make preparation. That's right. He said, you make preparation. So we have to stay in prayer and instead of, you know, spending time on, on useless things, and he's, he's explaining that in the, in the sermon here, gadding about. He says, you get on your knees and start praying and God will send you a rain. Do you believe that? Do you believe that that's possible? I believe that that's possible even in our day. I believe that's needful even in our day. I believe that's needful right here in our own church for our day. I believe that this never goes out of season. I think this is a good thing. And I think that's a very simple recipe and some that we can, uh, that we can follow. Now, Brother Branham, again, forgive me, I just want to get through a couple of screens here. Uh, he says, now, you are provided with something. God gave angels, seraphims, cherubims, he gave them uh, wings and so forth to cover themselves because they would live in the presence of God. But he said, you're, given a, you're provided with something as a covering. He said, it's the blood of Jesus Christ. That's your covering. And he said, you don't stand as a seraphim, as an angel. You stand as a redeemed son or a daughter of God by this blood. And you don't have to have wings like they had. They're a special covering for them in that presence. Now, just stop for a minute. I'd like to say this, that you're made for a certain purpose and a certain reason, and you don't need to be like anybody else. God made you the way you are for the reason he chose and you don't need to be like somebody else. You don't need to, uh, you don't need to be like another congregation. Uh, you don't need to feel intimidated by another congregation. Uh, you don't, I don't need to feel intimidated because I'm not like another minister and I don't have a delivery like somebody else. Uh, God made me the way I am. And you know why He made me the way I am? Because you are the way you are. I can prove that to you by the message. And so it, my, my quirks and my oddness and my unusualness is your fault, not mine. So I'd just say this, uh, we should never be intimidated because, uh, you know, someone would say, well, you know, you sing this kind of song or you're not as lively or you're too lively or whatever else. Hey, we are what we are by the grace of God and God made us the way we are. And you know what? God brought us together uh, by his design and his purpose. We never got up one day and said, hey, this is where I want to be. I believe that God uh, leads the sons and daughters of God and I'm thankful for that. And he says, you don't have to have the wings that they had. He said, they're a special covering for them in the pr- in that presence, but you've got the blood of Jesus Christ for a covering to stand there. And if you've got that blood, he said, you honor God, you love God, you respect God, and God is the word. Let me say it again. If you've got that blood, then you honor God, you love God, you respect God, and God is the word. They need to have the covering to enter into the presence of God and to remain in there. And I will tell you this, you also cannot get into the presence of God without your covering. But when you have that covering, you can enter into the presence of God. And when you enter into his courts, we enter in with praise. Isn't that right? We enter into his courts with not with a list of stuff we've done and not with merits about how good we are, but we enter into his courts with praise and we offer thanksgiving to God. And that's the way we approach God. And God made a way for you to do that. In the Old Testament, uh, they had rituals and they had all the other things there. Let me tell you, we have the living presence of Jesus Christ among us and that makes a difference. But we'd never still be able to enjoy that unless we had the covering of the blood of Christ. So he says, always be conscious of your littleness, not your bigness. He said, we have an example of Elijah. And God was trying to attract his attention. There came fire, smoke, winds, thunders, and earthquakes. And the prophet never even moved because God wasn't in it. He said, but when that still small voice spoke, he covered his face and he came forward. And when the still small voice of God's word speaks, not a racket, not a big denomination, 
But that still small voice of the word, he said, that's looked over many times. That's looked over many times. That's looked over. And people sometimes miss what God is really doing. And when God does things, he doesn't always do it in a great big bang. He does it very often in that still small voice. When we leave here, let me tell you, we might be humming a song because we heard it today. But I'll tell you what, what you want to have is something that God's Word uh, describes and have that burning in your heart so that you can leave and carry that with you and apply it in your life. And he says, when that still small voice of God speaks, not a racket, not big denomination, but that still small voice that's looked over, that should call a man to repentance. That's God in His Word. And so He wants us to experience that today. Now, I, 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 forgive me now again. I, can I stop saying forgive me now for reading the message here? All right. Notice the asterisks. All right? So I want you to watch the principle now. He said the trouble today, we try to get ahead of the word, and we make the, we make the word fit this and the word fit that. Things, things maybe we want to do, there are movements that... Uh, you know, we want to have the word justify our movement. So we're go- we've got a plan, and we're going to find a quote that supports that. That's the backwards way of doing anything. That's the backwards way. You should rather let the word inspire you, and then let your actions complement the word of God. Listen, all the movements that started the other way are all now but dust. I can tell you that. So Brother Branham says, now, we try to get ahead of the word and make the word fit this and that. Bless your hearts. Now, you know what that means. Right? When you say bless your heart, now you can say whatever you want. Right? Because you know, bless your heart. All right, so I'm just, I, that's, I, that's Brother Branham saying that, okay? So he can say whatever he wants. What we need today is follow the word. You know, it's really simple, right? Three, three words together. Follow the word. That's what we need today. Follow the word. And it seems really simple, but you know what? Uh, the problems that we have today is because people didn't. Or people don't. The word led the way. When it got to the Jordan, she opened up and they went over. His first campaign, he put things first. He had a reason for that because God commissioned him to stay with the word and let the word do it. The word knows what to do. Every campaign, they went forth in the battle because God had charged him to put the ark first. And after the ark went forth, what went forth then? Singing, players of instruments, before the fight took place. Remember what we're talking about. The order of God's army in times of battle, right? So the word went forth first, singing players of instruments, singing players of instruments before the flight took place. Hallelujah. That's why we have the order of worship that we do in our church here. And the reason Brother Branham did it that way in his meetings was because the angel came and told him, that's the way I like it. Because Brother Branham tried different ways. He tried different ways to order his meeting and do it like other great evangelists were doing. And if you're on TV, you've got a different way of doing it all together. But the angel came and said, this is the way I like it. So Brother Branham kept it a certain order in a certain way. And he said, that's what we need today. It's what we had this morning. Singers, instruments, playing music and rejoicing. Put the word first, read the word, then the battle sets in and we're bound to win. You just got to win. You stay right with it, keep its direction, and it'll keep you in the hour of trouble. 
This is an hour. This is a great hour. It's a great time for you to realize that you're going to need more than your strength to keep yourself solid and to keep yourself on the rock today. You're going to need his presence there. And he's giving us an order of how we do things when we come together. Now, we're talking about two things here at the same time. We're talking about corporate worship, which is meaning that when we get together in a group, and this is what he's describing right here, uh, that when we all get together, there's a certain way of doing it. So we don't have the song service at the end of the meeting. Uh, we have it at the beginning because that sets an atmosphere and a tone for the service, right? Gets everybody in a certain frame of mind, like this morning there. And then we can enter in more easily and just pick up and go with the thought. And uh, that's the way that's the way that uh, it is ordained here. Now, there are times when uh, the, other, the other part of this is we got corporate, but we also have personal worship. And the personal worship is when you're in your car coming home from work or you're in your room by yourself or you wake up in the morning or you're alone at night and uh, there's no more Netflix and, uh, you know, you're by yourself with God. Let me tell you, that's a time when uh, you want to set an atmosphere and you want to speak to God, have a little communion with God. Uh, am, am I speaking to anybody here who's listening this morning? And that's, that's, that's more personal. That's more intimate between you and God. But now, Brother Branham is, is, is making sure that we understand that we had to make sure we put the word first, not the worship. Like, like the worship's not the most important thing. The worship is something that gets us to the most important thing, and that is the word, okay? So understand what I mean there. Now, uh, I, I, I want to I just say this. When we put the word first and we keep the word first, you're going to have victory in life. Very simply. And here's an example. In 2 Samuel, this is a very familiar story of David. And it says, and it came to pass after the year was expired, at the time when kings go forth to battle, that David sent Joab. You know, you know the, the problem that came along later on was the, the verse starts in verse 2 with Bathsheba. The whole problem became because, the whole problem existed because David was not where kings should be. And you know what? He lost the battle in his mind, and then he lost it in the flesh. Right? Now listen, folks. You will win a lot more battles in life. You'll win a lot more battles in life, even without trying much, when you're in the right place with God. As opposed to trying to win battles out of your place with God. Because David, David had, he had to work hard to try to get Joab killed in the battle. And all of that was completely out of sync with what God had, had ordained him to do because David should have been out there in the battle and he would have avoided the problem here in the first place. The whole idea is, is as we just quoted in the previous screen there, is that we're going to put the word first. And if God ordained for the king to be in the battle, that's where the king should be because that's where he's going to have victory. And don't you realize that he's the same God today, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that if we're going to enjoy victories in our lives, it's because we put the word first and not try to get in another place and then try to accomplish something. Are we okay? All right. Now, let's, let's go a little bit further now and say this, that in Isaiah chapter 30, here's our text. And let me just briefly uh, talk about it, and then I want to apply it, all right, for you this morning. Isaiah chapter 30, and it says, For through the voice of the Lord shall the Assyrian, or the enemy, be beaten down, which smote with a rod. So God's going to deal with the enemy with a rod. God's got a rod ready for all of the enemies of God's people. Do you believe that? He's a God of war. Somebody say amen. He's a, he's a, he's a God who's got all the resources needed to destroy the enemies of the people of God. 
I believe that with all my heart. I believe that he's a God who's got all the resources at his disposal. And God is able to take care of your enemy and your adversary. God's able to take care of every enemy and every adversary that comes against the people of God. And he says, in every place where the grounded staff shall pass. And this is the staff or the the stick that's in the hand of God, which the Lord shall lay upon him. Every place that it passes, every place that it does damage, it shall be with worship. When you worship, it unleashes God to use his weapon against your enemies. It shall be with tabrets and harps, and in battles of shaking he will fight with it. So God does not always come down and just destroy your enemies. God comes down and is waiting to destroy your enemies. But very often he wants you to hear, he wants to hear you thanking him for his power and his ability to, to destroy our enemies. Does that make sense? God wants you to, God wants you to pray in such a way that, Lord, I got a, I got a problem. I got a report from the doctor and the doctor's saying this and that, but I, I believe you're greater than that disease. I believe you're greater than the enemy that would come against me. And I, I got a wayward son or I got a wayward daughter that's out there and they're wandering in the world or whatever else, but I, I believe that you're greater than the devil that's trying to attract him out here. And I thank you, Lord, for dealing with his heart. And, and you're beginning to, to, to use your tablet, your lips and your voice and your, your revelation and you're beginning to use what you have to thank God and it shall be when God lays his hand upon your enemy it shall be with harps and tablets and let me tell you that's not God playing the harp that's not God playing the tablet that's you playing the harp and the tablet that's you worshiping God and thanking him for what uh, he's going to do you believe that God is capable you believe that God is able don't look at me like I got two heads here I believe we ought to say amen I tell you what I thank God for what God's able to do he's unlimited in what he's able to do he is unlimited in, in the resources that he has and we should be thanking God as we go into battle brother Tim whether it's your battle or uh, you know the battles with family the battles with jobs the battles with uh, whatever you face the battles with insecurity the battles with lust you may have or whatever you're facing in life when we go into it we should not be going into it and saying Lord I don't know if you're able to help I don't know if you're able to do something here we should rather go in with our tablets shaking and our harps are playing and saying oh God we sing praises to you because we know you're greater than all of our enemies we know that you are more powerful than all the enemies of, of, the, of the world that are out there we know that you hold the keys to death, hell and the grave and no matter what happens we believe that you're the conqueror you're the captain you're the mighty prince here and we're thanking God for the you in other words I'm stroking my tablet as I'm going into battle as I'm facing it I'm thanking God for what he's already done. And when we do that, somehow or another, it releases God with the big stick. And he says, this is what this verse says in my, line, in my version here. I'm going to whoop the tar of the devil here as soon as you begin to praise me in the right way. Hey, listen, it's not hard to praise God after you won the trophy. After you win the victory, after the Super Bowl is won and you're holding up the cup, it's not hard to pray and thank God then. It's before the game. It's before the battle. Isn't that right? It's before we enter into something. That's when we ought to be thanking God because that's an expression of our faith in God and our belief that God is able. And God's able to deal with this and God's able to help us here. Here's the same verse in the Jewish Bible. For Adonai's voice will terrify Asher. 
as with his scepter he strikes them down. Every sweep of the punishing rod that Adonai imposes on him will be to tambourines and liars as he brandishes his arm against them in battle. Every sweep of the rod God hears your voices singing the hymn and God hears the tambourine and God hears the harp and the lyre and God hears that. He just gets excited and sweeps again. And he hears another song of praise and he sweeps again. And God's able to take your enemy and he's just waiting for you to thank him for your healing and thank him for your deliverance and thank him for the blessing and he sweeps again. I mean, that's what it says. Every sweep of the punishing rod will be to tambourines and lyres. The tambourines and lyres are in our hands. They're not in the hands of God. They're in our hands. Somebody say amen. Amen. The tambourines and lyres, the instruments of praise, are within our mouth and in our heart. They're not in 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 the heart of God. They're in our mouth and in our heart. And when God hears that expression, He just sweeps again and again. How many of you have an enemy that you'd like God to deal with? You don't need to show your hand because every one of you would. How many of us would like to see God move on the scene in a stronger way for every one of us? I'll tell you what, there's a key. Because the sweeping hand of the destructive force of God moves because of the trigger of your tambourine. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I feel good. All right, now let's look at an example here. And I'm almost embarrassed to use this scripture again because I've used it so much. I just love it. It's one of my favorite passages of scripture. It's when Jehoshaphat is king and the Syrians come against him and the people of Ammon Ammon and Moab and so forth. So you'll know the story as we go through it. And uh, they, they're just minding their own business. They're being good Jews. And they're just, you know, uh, doing their daily uh, work in life. And it says in Second Chronicles chapter 20, It came to pass after this also, that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and them were outside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. No reason. They just showed up, just like our enemies very often just show up. And then there came that old, that, then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee beyond the sea on the side of Syria. And behold, they be in Hazan Tamor, uh, which is in Gedi. And Joseph, Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. And that's one of the great understatements of the scripture. He's got three armies that are now amassed against him, marching towards Jerusalem. And he says, uh, the Bible says that he feared. And so the first thing that he did was he went to church. He set himself to seek the Lord, gathered all the people of Israel, they all came together to pray. And they proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judea, uh, Judah, and you can read on down through here. That's the first thing they did. The first thing they did was they began to seek God. But as you read down through the chapter now, it says, there, you know, they came together and they prayed, and he prayed one of the most beautiful prayers in Scripture. Don't read this yet. And uh, it was a wonderful prayer, and he says, Lord, we're at the mercy of, uh, of your, your greatness and so forth. And you said that when we're like, like Jonah in the belly of the whale, who hadn't even shown up yet, but it, it like Jonah in the belly of the whale, when he turned towards Jerusalem because of what Solomon said, that you'd hear our prayer. And, and uh, you know, this is the way uh, Jehoshaphat prays. It's a wonderful prayer. You ought to go read it. I've read it to you dozens of times. And, and so as they're praying and they finish up there, uh, there is a, uh, a messenger uh, in, in the audience there and uh, a prophet, and he prophesies. And he says, hey, the battle is yours. The Lord has heard your prayer. The battle is yours. And you don't need, you don't need to fear. You don't need to worry. Uh, the battle is yours, and you just need to go and show up there, and, and uh, God will win a great victory for you. Now, as you go down in the chapter there, the Bible says, 
You shall not need to fight in this battle, but set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, and the Lord be with you. Now, notice what's not happening here. There's no battle here. This is not being said in a battle. This is being said before the battle, right? So the battle's going to happen tomorrow. So they're hearing this today. And it says in verse 18, And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping. Because you know why? If you want to unleash the wrath of God against your enemy, you do it with tabrets and harps. And they believe this is going to happen. So they're worshiping God for victory before the battle. They're worshiping and thanking God and believing in his power before the fight. And you know what happens? I mean, God gets so excited, he just destroys them even before they showed up for the battle. Go down the same chapter, and when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers, this Jehoshaphat, getting everybody in, in order, everything ready. And he says, uh, he appointed singers unto the Lord that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And when they began, listen, and when they began to sing and praise, let me say it again, and when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon and Moab and Seir. When they began to sing, God sprung into action. When they began to sing, God said, that's it, boys. There they are. All right, go for it. And they set up ambushments there, and they got traps all set. And God's all excited. He's been excited for a while because he knew how this is going to come out. But now the people are expressing the right response. They're believing the right way, and they're showing the right expression uh, because of what God has promised. Nothing's happened yet. There hasn't been a shot fired. There hasn't been a uh, sword clank. There hasn't been anything go on yet. This is still prior to the battle. And these people are saying, oh, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. They're saying, I'm one of them. I'm one of them. They're pretty excited about all of this here. But nothing's happened yet. But they're believing that God's going to do this. And God's capable of doing this. And God's promised to do this. And you know what? We have no fear. Fear goes right out of it. Fear goes away. Fear, fear takes its flight. Because now all of a sudden they've got a promise. And they're believing that. And they're expressing the same. And And the more they express it, the more excited God gets. The more God rolls up his sleeves and says, now look out. I don't need you to fight. I don't need you to get in the way. Matter of fact, the best thing you can do is just take your uh, tambourines and tabrets and just stand over on the side and sing. Sing to the top of your voice. And the more you sing, the more excited I'm going to get. Glory to God. Do you believe that? Worshiping God prior to the battle is a really, really wonderful thing. Now, um, Brother Branham says this. Now, it's, I'm not going to be long. I, I want you to, musicians to be ready here uh, because I feel like that we could do a little more singing. I, I think we could do a little more, more worship here this morning. Now, Brother Branham said in Show Us the Father, he said, that's the aged old cry. If I could only find God. He said, all ages, in all ages, people are born to worship. In every age of mankind, of history, men are born to worship. You'll worship something, your child, your car. Hey, there's some parents who worship their children because they're good ball players. And, and they're, you know, that's, they bow at the altar of soccer and they bow at the altar of... 
potential contracts. They bow at the altar of the scouts. There's some people that will, will worship their, their job, their, their accumulations, their wealth. Their, I mean, it's, it's almost like it, it's God to them. Hey, there are athletes today who are like gods. There are singers and, and, and uh, actors who are like gods, actresses who are like gods in the world. It's amazing. But he said, he said maybe even your church. And you know what? I'll, I'll give you a little piece of advice, a little bit of ministerial advice. That's a dangerous thing. Because one of these days, if you don't believe it now, I'm human. I know it's a shock to many of you. I, I remember one of the kids one time who was uh, part of a family who was here. And when I walked out on the platform one time, I had been away and I came back. I was on the platform and the little boy elbowed his father and he said, Dad, is that God? <laughs> it's a trap for you to worship your church. It's a trap for you to worship the ministers in the church. It's a trap. Brother Branham says that will not work. It isn't a church we worship. It's God. The caveman, the American Indian, we found that he worshiped the sun. There's somewhere, something in the human heart that calls out for worship somewhere. No man on earth is without worship. There's a provided way to worship. There's a right way to worship and a wrong way to worship. Right? Remember when, remember when Herod brought the wise man in? Remember that? The three wise men? And brought him in and said, uh, where is he that's born king of the Jews on the earth that we may go and worship him? Do you believe that that was the right kind of worship? No, absolutely not. He said, and if you do not come that provided way, you certainly cannot find God. God don't have any shortcuts. Cain built an altar, and if an altar is all that God requires, then Cain was justified. And he built an altar, put a sacrifice on it, knelt down and worshiped God. But God was displeased because he didn't come the right way. He built a church, built an altar, sacrificed fruits of the land, probably more beautiful. But watch this, friend, and don't never forget this. He worshiped God, but that wasn't enough. And it was beautiful. No doubt the flowers and things that grew in the field decorated his altar. Are you ready? Well, God don't care about Easter flowers on the altar. He wants you on the altar. Now, Brother Bram said, don't ever forget this. He doesn't, he doesn't get impressed by our, by our decorations. He doesn't get overly impressed or excited about our choreography. He doesn't get overly excited about our number of hours we practice. God is much more interested in your heart. Well, like a, a sister with a, a stick and a can on the top of it with a few rocks here, but making a joyful noise unto the Lord. And, and not, not really worrying about that because the whole point is just to be able to worship God. Now, don't everybody come in next week with a stick and a tin can and rocks on it and try to be humble. God is interested in your heart because I know some of you kids are saying, I know where there's a can. I know where there's a can. You're the person on the altar, not your flower, not your money. He wants you. The altar was built for you to sacrifice your own will to his will. And watch that beauty. Watch that beauty. Watch that beauty now. Now that's right in many of our full gospel churches coming right into it. They want to build a better church and put a few thousand dollars in a pipe organ. And he said, that doesn't bring God in. 
That doesn't bring God in. That might bring people in. might bring revenue in. But self-sacrifice brings you to the will of God. What a great statement. What a great quote that is. Let me tell you something. That is, I believe that's the right approach. Now, stay with me now. I'm going I'm to close here. Here's Brother Bram in 1963, and he's commenting on the singing that just went on. And uh, he says, Jim, I want you to be sure you get that for me. And if you have a little tape, put it on that for me. It's special. So my children want to hear it. And when I get kind of down low, a little low, I hear that. It makes me feel good to hear good singing. And Billy, I go down to the office down there, which was a little trailer in the back in the backyard. And he says, I go down there, and he's constantly got them tapes of singing going all the time. And I think it kind of helps him. Because you know what? Singing brings an atmosphere, doesn't it? Singing creates an atmosphere. Sure does. He says, you know, there's something about song that's got power in it. We all know that. We're aware of that. Look at the army when they sing the songs and play the music. Do you know the approach to war in the army of God is first by music? The approach to God, that's a good title. The approach to God in the arm, the, to war in the army of God is first by music. And the singers went before the ark rejoicing and singing. Then come the ark, then come the battle. He said, now that's the right approach. So here they were in the, in the days of Jehoshaphat and they're doing this exactly like you know, God said and then the king has laid it out and he says, I want you to go down first here with the singers and the musicians and so forth and they're doing this. But remember, they're going down into battle with a promise in their heart that came forth by the seer in church and he said, the battle is yours already. God's already won this thing, don't worry. So they're not only going down in the right order and they're not only going down playing the right instruments and singing the right songs, but they're going down there with a promise from God. Folks, that was Old Testament. Think about this in the New Testament, that here we are at the end time. Here we are at the very end. And you know what? A prophet came along because he's Elijah with the spirit of Elijah. And he comes along and Elijah's a setter in order, right? Elijah's one who sets in order. Among Carmel. Remember what he did when the altar was broken down by the prophets of Baal? He put the stones back in order because he's a setter in order. Elijah's a setter in order. So when Brother Branham comes back, he begins to set things in order. You know what he does? He takes the gifts off the floor as a form of entertainment and moves them to a room because if there's a message that comes from God, the important thing is the message, not the messenger, not the person who speaks in tongues, right? So you know what he's doing? He's setting the stones in order. And Brother Branham says, now we're going to baptize a certain way. We're going to baptize in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because he's setting this in order. It's not any way you want to. It's not three times face forward, face backward. It's not in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. He sets it in order and says, this is how we should baptize. These are the ordinances that we should have in the church, communion, foot washing, and baptism. And these are the things that should be done. He's a setter in order. And so here's Brother Branham telling us that exactly the way that, that, <clears throat> that we should, as a bride, we should be ready to march into the kingdom because that's what the next thing is for the bride of Christ, right? Come on, folks. The next thing in, in, in line, if I read the agenda right, the next thing for the bride of Christ is to go to the wedding supper, 
to walk like Enoch walked, and then God takes them because, they're, because they have a walk that pleases God, right? And so he helps us understand what the walk is all about. And along that walk, we not only have the right order, in other words, we're dressed right, worshiping right, at church at the right time, uh, doing the right things. You know, we're not staying home playing tapes, and we're not doing other wacky things there, but we're uh, set in order the right thing. But we're not just walking down the road dressed right, no tattoos. We're walking down the road with a promise, too. You shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Right? The Lord shall descend from heaven with a shout and a voice and trump of God, the message of God. It's all happening. It's all unfolding, and you're right in the middle of it. And God set things in order. And not only are we in order, but we're in order with a promise. Glory to God. We, we've, we've come to the place where we're moving towards that kingdom with, with the right order established, but also with a promise that God's given to us that we're going to make it. And, and there's going to be a bride. That bride's going to have her place at the wedding supper, and it's going to happen. You should be as excited as the people who were in Jehoshaphat's army who were going down to find their place on the battlefield and say, yeah, hey, here's a piece of duct tape here. It's got an X in it. Here's where I stand, right here. And I'm not only excited because I found my place, but I'm excited because I got a promise that God said we will not lose no matter how great the battle becomes. We as the people of God, we're in the same situation that God's given you a piece of duct tape as in the form of an X to say, stand right here, stand right here in the middle of the word. You find a church that preaches the word and stand right there and stand in order and let the word dress you and prepare you for the kingdom. And no matter how many plagues come and no matter how many viruses come and no matter how many church problems come or government laws come, You're in the right place with a promise. Glory to God. It's going to happen. No matter how great the problems are, I'm going to make it on the other side. Yes, sir, I believe it with all my heart. And Brother Branham says, and you know what? Record those songs and give them to me because I want my kids to hear that. They're really good. And when they had made an end of the offering, and the king and all that were present with him bowed themselves and worshiped, And moreover, Hezekiah the king and the princess commanded the Levites to sing. Sing praise unto the Lord with the words of David and Asaph the seer. Asaph, by the way, was David's song leader. And they sang praises with gladness. And they bowed their heads and worshipped. At the end of the offering, they're dedicating the temple. At the end of the the whole procedure, they're, they're just so thankful to God. They all stand together and they begin to sing the psalms. They're singing the words of David and Asaph. And they're, they're, just, they're just rejoicing and they sang praises with gladness. I will tell you something that if you want to bring God on the scene, you sing from your heart. You sing with gladness and thankfulness and belief that God can do anything his word says. And they bowed their heads and they worshipped. Let's stand to our feet. Let's have our musicians come. Are you in the mood to sing a little bit? We should be in the spirit of worshiping just a little bit. And uh, we're going to invite Brother Jaron to come, and he's going to lead you a little singing here. But uh, this, is, this is what they did when they, when they came to these places where uh, you know, great events happened. They, they, just, they just made sure that they took time to, uh, to, to sing. But you notice what the Bible says, that Hezekiah and the princes, he commanded the people to sing. All right, folks, now's the time to sing. And you know what? I should not have to command you to sing, really, because we are a people who are way up the road from these people down here because they only had scrolls. We have 
the message in every form. We have the message written down, given to us, spoken. We can hear it. We can play it. We can search it. We can uh, text it. We can put it on the PowerPoint. We can. We got the message all over the place, right? We we have the, we have the message at our fingertips here, and we are a people who, at the end of the day, we should we should bow our heads and worship and just be thanking God for His goodness, thanking God for His love to us. We should be, as an assembly, we should be thanking God for His patience with us and for His His unending mercies to us. In my weakness, in my carnality, in my, uh, you know, my mistakes and in my uh, lack of loyalty and all the other things, all my my, uh, faults in life. And I'm talking about me. In the middle of all of that, I find God to be so gracious and in, in showing his mercy to me and blessing me in another way, in another way. And I think, what kind of a God is this that we serve that even when we make these mistakes, he's so caring and so passionate towards us and he's so loving towards us. And think about your own life and the messes you've made and the, and the, and the, you know, the hiccups that you've experienced and the things, if you only could, you'd bring them back and, and say them again and do them again and, and get it right. You know, you'd have that feeling. But yet God says, hey, I understand what it's like to be human. I understand what it's like to be a teenager. And I understand what it's like, uh, you know, to be single. And I understand what it's like to be married, to be, a, uh, you know, a, a man in a world where uh, there's all kinds of troubles. Jesus says, I understand that. I, I can be touched by the feeling of your infirmities. And, and, he, and he cares about us. And at the end of the day, you know what we should do? We should just sing praises with gladness. Because in the, in the, in the, in the way of fighting the battles that we fight in God's army, there's singing, there's rejoicing, there's worship that goes on. There's a thanksgiving that resounds. And I think that's a wonderful thing. That's a wonderful thing. What are we playing? All right, let's sing every praise to our God. Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship. One accord. Come on, every praise. Every praise. Every praise is to our God. Sing hallelujah, church. Glory, hallelujah. hallelujah to our God. Sing it now. Every praise. Every praise. Is to our God. Sing that again now. God, my Savior. God, my healer. He's God, my deliverer. Yes, He is. Yes, He is. God, my Savior. God, my Bye. 
yes, yeah. And God, my Savior, and God, my healer, God, my deliverer, oh, yes, yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. Every praise, every word of worship. Oh, every praise, every praise, it's to our God. Sing hallelujah, oh glory, glory. Oh, every praise, every praise, oh, it's to our God. Sing God, my Savior. How great is our God? Let's sing that. Hallelujah. We're going to pray for Brother Tim when he comes back here. And if anybody else wants that prayer this morning, I believe in this atmosphere. It's a good atmosphere to pray and ask God's blessing upon those that have a need today. Sing it with me. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. Lord, we'll see how great, how great is our God. Why don't you sing that, sing that again now. And how great is our God. Come on and sing with me now. Oh, how great. Oh, we'll see how great, how great. Let's sing of its splendor now. The splendor of the King, oh, clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, oh, in darkness tries to hide and trembles at his voice trembles at his voice how great is our God oh sing with me how great is our God and oh see how great how great is our God let's sing that again Our God, come on, oh, sing in church. Me, how great oh, our God. Oh, see how great, how great is our God. Second verse now. He's the name above all names. You are 
Tim, if you would come, we'd like to pray with you this morning here. If I could have seven brothers come and uh, stand around with me here. Seven men of God, if you come and just surround Brother Tim. Come on up. If you're, if you're a believer this morning, I want you to just come on and let's lay hands on Brother Tim. We're going to anoint him with oil according to the promise. I trust that God will undertake for our Brother Tim. We believe that we serve a God of miracles. That God is able to do supernatural things exceedingly above and beyond what we could ask or think. So let's pray together. I want you all to pray. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, as we anoint Brother Tim Ashong with oil, Lord, we believe that this is not only the oil that's used for healing, Lord, but it's an oil of gladness. And an oil, Lord, that I believe symbolizes the presence of the Holy Spirit. We curse this sickness, Lord, that rages in his body. And we believe in the name of Jesus Christ that you're still a healer today, the same as you ever were. We lay our hands upon him in faith today and believe, Lord, that you're still a healer. Lord, you're able to touch him and to make him completely well. Lord, it's not how loud we pray. It's not how many people pray, Lord. But I believe it's a prayer of faith, Lord, that heals the sick. And Father, we just commit him into your hands now. And I ask, oh God, that you would just do that work in his body that only you can do. Father, however the healing comes, we're going to thank you for it. And Lord Jesus, we're just coming to you, Lord, asking because you told us to cast our cares upon you because you care for us. And Lord, we pray for him now in the name of Jesus and curse this affliction, Lord, because we know, Lord, that when we praise you and thank you, Lord, the hand of God with the great staff swings against our enemies, Lord, and we're trusting in that today. We praise you and we give you thanks and glory for his healing, Lord. And Father, we commit him into your care now. In the name of Jesus and for your glory, we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, brothers. Thank you, Jesus. How many believe that God's a healer? Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's sing. Let's just take some time to worship him this morning and just to thank him for his goodness. Amen. Age to age, age to age, he stands, and time is in his hand, beginning and the end, beginning and the end. The bride in Christ are one, united. 
time has come. Soon we're going home. Soon we're going home. How great is our God. Soon we have rain. Is our God, and oh, we'll see how great, how great. One more time, how great is our God? Hallelujah, Jesus. And how great is our God? Oh, sing with me, how great is our God, and oh, we'll see how great. How great. Let's sing name above all names now. With all your hearts, just join in. Oh, name above all names. Bring his power down, saints. Worthy of all praise. And my heart will sing how great is our God. Once again now. Oh, name above all names, oh, you are worthy of all praise, and my heart will sing how great is our God, how great is our God, amen, and how great is our God, oh, he's great. Praise you, Lord Jesus. And oh, we'll see how great, oh, oh, how great is our God. Would you like to sing name above all names again? Come on. Oh, name above all names. Jesus, you are worthy of all praise. Oh, my heart will sing how great. Is our God? How great is our God? How great is our God? Sing with me. How great is our God? And oh, we'll see how great, how great is our God. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Just give him a hand of worship. Let's continue to worship him. Oh my. Do you want to know where I'm going? Do you want to know where I'm going? Give me the key to it. Let's go. Do you want to know? Oh, where I'm going? Where I'm going? Oh, let me tell you now, if anybody asks you where I'm going, oh, where I'm going, oh, soon. Come on, tell them now. I'm going up yonder. I'm going up yonder. Oh, I'm going up yonder. With my Lord, oh, I'm going up yonder. Well, I'm going up yonder. 
Lord. Listen now. Now I can take the pain. That's right. Oh, glory. The comfort of knowing I'll soon be gone. And as God gives me grace, oh, yes, I'm going to run this race. Until I see my Savior face to face. Oh, I'm going up to yonder. Yes, Lord, going up yonder. I'm going up yonder to be with my Lord. Oh, I'm going up yonder. like this now. I'm going in the rapture. Well, I'm going in the rapture. Come on now. Oh, I'm going in the rapture. Yes, I'm going in the rapture to be with my Lord. Oh, I'm going in the rapture. All right. Going in the rapture. Oh, I'm going in the rapture to be with my Lord. Going up yonder now. I'm going up yonder. I'm going up yonder. Going up yonder to be with my Lord. Praise Him now. Another one. Sing another one. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He's worthy of all praise, Amen. isn't he? Worthy of all of our honor and glory. We don't have enough hours in the day to thank him for all that he has done. And you know what? I believe when we get over on the other side, it'll be an endless song of praise. Even despite, you know, the hardships and difficulties and things we go through in this life. Get over on the other side. There just won't be enough hours. There won't be enough ways we could thank him because when we get there it'll not be because we did it but because of what he's done I'll tell you what he's good to us amen let's sing it I'm gonna keep pressing on I'm gonna keep pressing on I'm gonna keep pressing on the higher calling of my Lord. Sing that again now. Oh yes. I'm gonna keep pressing on. On and on and on. Pressing on. Oh thank you Jesus. I'm gonna keep pressing on. To the higher calling of my Lord. First verse. Satan tries to stop me and turn me aside. There ain't no use for you to go on. Why do you even try? And even if there was a rapture, you'd never make it in. I just tell him you're a liar. I'm gonna make it in. Pressing on. Come on now. 
on and on and on, pressing on. Yes, Lord, I'm going to keep pressing on to the higher calling of my Lord. Again now. Oh, yes, now I'm going to keep pressing on. Oh, 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 I'm going to keep pressing on. I'm going to keep pressing on to the higher calling of my Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word and the promises that are contained in it. We thank you, Lord, for the great rod that is in your hand that is unlocked, unleashed by the praises of your people. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that we can gather together and worship you in spirit and in truth. Because, Lord, we believe those two go together. I thank you, Lord, for the people that have a heart to worship and a desire to sing and give you glory and honor. I thank you, Lord, because you're a healer. And, Lord, you heal in the body, you heal in the mind, you heal in the heart. You heal the hurts of your people. And in the name of Jesus, I commit every need into your hands today in faith, believing, Lord, that it's a finished work. It's already done. Lord, I thank you for our time together in your presence today and ask, oh God, that you would be with us. And Lord, as we go through our week, that you would watch over your bride and bless her, Lord, not only here, but all over this world. We think of the people in Ukraine, Lord, in the difficult circumstances they face every day, never knowing what tomorrow will be like. In a way, Lord, going through their own kind of tribulation or squeeze. And Lord, I just pray you'd be mindful of them. And Lord, I know you are. And I ask, Lord, that you would just be gracious to them. And Lord, in whatever way we can help, that we would do that, Lord, with all of our heart. Bless this assembly. Lord, may you be free to move among us. That is our prayer. That's our desire, Lord. And I ask now in Jesus' name that you would bring healing to those who need it and deliverance to those who are bound. We'll ask all these things in Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. We're going to let you be dismissed on your own this morning. We're going to sing and worship a little bit if you'd like to stay. You're welcome to do that. Um, so let's just sing a little bit. There's none like you, and no one else can touch my heart like you do. And we we'll sing this as we go today. You're dismissed at your leisure. There is none, none like you. No one else can touch my heart like you do. And find there is none like you. There is none like you, Jesus. Touch my heart like you do, and I could search for all eternity, Lord, and find there is none like.
like you. 